wants is your complete heart laid down, surrendered to Him. You're not going to miss out because you're going to keep your eyes on Jesus. You're going to keep your, and you're going to stay in the Word, and you're going to let the Word dictate. You're going to let the Word literally cause you to take that one step in front of the other and say, because of the Word of God, I'm going forward. His kindness is unfailing. We fail, but His kindness is unfailing. If you are willing and you are obedient, you shall eat of the goodness of the land. But if you refuse and you rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Stop trying to hide your sin from God. Fall into his hands instead. Today is the day of salvation. This is what you've been waiting for. Get ready for a night of Holy Ghost power. September 22nd, Miracles, Signs, and Wonders. Register now at fireduppoverty.com. And 1 Chronicles 16:11, seek the Lord and his strength and seek his face forevermore. When we come, we gather together in a, in a, in a time of corporate worship and we seek his face. And that's our, we, we don't have an agenda. Our agenda is just to seek him, to praise him, to worship him, to enter into his holy of holies. That is our goal. And we come in with clean hands, with pure hearts. That's what he desires from us. That's what he desires from each and every one of you. See, you are the one that shortchanges yourself when you come in with, with resistance or with, with sin, thinking that God's not going to see or God's not going to mind. Oh, he minds, all right, right? And so we need to deal with it, right? We actually have to deal with it, right? But his love doesn't change. So it's the exuberant goodness of God. I want you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 103, verse 17. We're going to look at verse 17 because the exuberant goodness of God is an attribute of his nature, and it is from everlasting to everlasting. Say it's from everlasting to everlasting. It says, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. To his children's children, right? Amen. So mercy is his loving kindness. They are interchangeable. Say they're interchangeable. His mercy and his loving kindness, they're interchangeable. So we're going to look at this verse, and we're going to look at the four parts of this verse. All right? The first one here, the first part of this, of this verse, it says, but the mercy of the Lord. Mercy is defined as this. Steadfast love, everlasting love. Goodness, kindness, loving kindness, unchanging love, his favor is his mercy. It's what we don't deserve, but he gives us anyway. So the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. His mercy shall never cease. It is who he is. It's who God is. Say it's who God is. It's his mercy over your life. It's his mercy and his kindness. It's why we're not consumed. Right? And then it says to those who fear him. To those who fear him. Which means true worshipers fear the Lord. And they worship him in spirit and in truth. If we are true worshipers. We're going to worship him in spirit. We're going to worship him in truth. So the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Remember, it doesn't end. Say, it doesn't end. And it's upon those who fear him. Who are those who fear him? The true worshipers. 
And we're true worshipers. Why? Because we love Jesus with all of our heart. We love Jesus with all of our soul. We love Jesus with all of our mind. We love Jesus with all of our strength. We are called, what the Bible says, you worship him in spirit and in truth. Right? And so you, you sometimes you just, for some, you might just need to get over yourself. You need to get over your own things. You need to realize, you know what? God wants your all. He wants your all. He wants your complete surrender. He wants your all. He doesn't need your education. He doesn't need your accolades. He doesn't need your, you know, levels of, of, of degrees and all this. What he wants is your complete heart laid down, surrendered to him. And when you don't do that, you're the one that gets shortchanged. Not the Lord, of course, and not the person that says, I just am desperate for all of you, God. I am not going to allow anything to limit or to hinder what God is doing. You know, when, before, when we come here, when we, when we um, set up and everything, we're not just setting up the sanctuary. We're making sure our hearts are right before the Lord. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about all of us as leaders, right, and those that come to this church. You know, because we prepare our hearts before him. That's what he wants. This is what this verse is talking about. We're not done with this verse. He wants you to prepare your heart. Has he not prepared a banqueting table before us? Well, but he, what he wants in return is, is our hearts are always prepared for him. So can we live in a way that always, our hearts are always prepared for him because that's what he's desiring. In other words, Lord, search my heart, Lord God. Search my heart. Give me clean hands and a pure heart. And that's what he desires. And I believe that's what we want to give him as well. So Psalm 103, verse 17, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. Think about that. The mercy is for those who fear him. The mercy of the Lord is forever. The mercy of the Lord does not end. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. But it's upon those who fear him. Do you fear him? We fear him. That's why we want to please him. We fear him. That's why we want to live right by him. We fear him. That's why we don't want anything in our lives that, are going, that is going to hinder the move of the spirit and, and displease our heavenly father. And then it says, and his righteousness to children's children. And that's powerful because it means sons of sons. It means your children's children. Some of you have children and even grandchildren in this room. And this promise is his promise for your children and their children. They are included in this covenant. Your children's children are included in this covenant. And you know that God is a covenant-keeping God. And when you find a promise like this and you go, wow, you know what? It's his righteousness is to his children's children. That means I'm claiming this promise for my children and my children's children. I'm claiming it. God is a covenant-keeping God. He says his mercies, they endure forever, right? From generation to generation, amen? So we are not going to, we're not going to be the problem. We're not going to allow sin in our lives where that becomes the problem, right? There are a couple other scriptures regarding our children receiving this blessing of the mercy of God. Look at Acts 2.39. She'll, she'll put up Acts 2.39 as well. It says, for the promise is to you and to your children, to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. The promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord will call. This promise this promise of salvation, this promise of redemption is for all of you. Don't become, don't become stagnant. Don't, don't become stagnant and thinking, oh, I know I've read that before. 
Oh, I know, I've heard that before. Oh, I've stood on that for many, many years. Don't become stagnant in your faith. Because if you become stagnant in your faith, guess who loses? You do. You do. God is, he will honor your faith. He honors faith. And I love that it pleases him. And anything that is not of faith is sin. So we, we, we get to look at the truth and say, Lord, strip off of me whatever is not of you. Do you guys pray like that? Seriously, do you all pray like that? Because we need to. If we don't, we need to. Let me tell you, what God has been doing in this church is incredible. Okay, the healings are just beyond. I mean, I have a list. We we're keeping track because the Lord told us to. So just lists of everything that he's done in the past three years and still, because that's when he told me to keep track of it, and this year as well. The healings, the deliverances, the salvation, the people being restored, families being restored, you know, people helping one another. I'm talking all kinds of miracles right now, all kinds of miracles. God is not only that. All those are great. They're incredible. And, and we praise God for them all. But you know what? The church is also, this church, the fire of God that you've been carrying is literally increasing. Now, a few weeks ago when I told you that there's a blessing, a double-door blessing open, and we're entering in, and we get to celebrate and rejoice, right? And that's the season that we're in right now, and we're going to continue in that because that's what God has said. But you know that the enemy doesn't want you to receive that, so he tries to turn up the heat so that you miss out on what's available for you to take. But you're not missing out. You're not going to miss out because you're going to keep your eyes on Jesus. You're going to keep your, and you're going to stay in the word and you're going to let the word dictate. You're going to let the word literally cause you to take that one step in front of the other and say, because of the word of God, I'm going forward. Because his word endures forever. His mercy endures forever. I am not going to allow any, any uh, retaliation or anything the enemy would throw my way. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, church. It's not happening in the name of Jesus. Exodus 20, verse 6 is another scripture that talks about his mercy going to the thousands of, the, of generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. So you have to know this within you. you. You have to know this. He shows mercy to the thousands of those who love him and keep his commandments. Again, there's the part we have to do, the part we get to do. The part we get to do, right? And so he shows mercy to the thousands. To those who love me, saith the Lord, and keep my commandments. See, when you realize the depths of sin and who you are without Christ, and then you realize, my goodness, what an incredible, beautiful gift he's given us. In the salvation of his son. And how much does he want us to walk in that fully, completely? So some of you may need to make some decisions even tonight to lay aside some things that are not of God. Those things that are not of God will limit you from really walking in what I'm talking about tonight. See, when you come to a service like this, you see a lot of glory. You see a lot of moving, movement of the spirit. You, you see a lot of healings. You see a lot of just, wow, radical Christians really loving Jesus, and they're all in. They're all in. But I'm also going to call you to attention. I'm going to call you a, 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 to basically to say, you know what? It's time. Look within. Say, Lord, 
show me what I need to lay down at the altar. Because you know what? You don't have to go out the same way you came in tonight. You don't have to. You can literally say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I repent. I, I literally, why is it that only in America that people are so like intimidated and, and, uh, and concerned about repenting? You go to another, like uh, corporately that is, you go to another country and it's not like that. They know their need. They, they know, wow, I, I need to humble myself before the Lord. And that humility just takes over. And what happens when we humble ourselves before the Lord? He lives us up. We have breakthrough. We were forgiven. We get washed anew. You know, the, the, the things that you were praying for, they start to come to pass because that was what was blocking. Am I talking to anybody tonight? But you know what? It's important that we, we always, we just, we always want to make sure that our hearts are right before him because he is so good to us. That's why I said the exuberant goodness of God. It's incredible. He's incredible. But we don't want to shortchange, not even ourselves. Looking at this verse in Psalm 103 and verse 17, we know that the mercy of God has nothing to do with our own accomplishments, as I've already hinted, right? But it is, it is his inexhaustible fountain of life within us. You know when before you were saved, probably most of you, you know, there was not true joy within you. There was temporary joy, temporary happiness, but not true joy, joy that is within no matter what's outside, no matter what your circumstances dictate. But the joy of the Lord is what you received when you received him, right? And so he becomes a fountain of life within you. How many of you guys can testify that the fountain of life literally fills you up and you just know, you're like, wow, Lord, I'm changed. He has changed us, every one of us. Right? And so never lose sight of that. See, I'm talking about the mercy of God here tonight. I'm talking about how we need to live in a position to keep that, to, to receive that mercy. His mercy doesn't end, but we sometimes block it. We're still receiving it, but we're not receiving the fullness when we block what he wants to give continually. Because he doesn't shortchange us and he doesn't go back on his promise or it's his promise. Right? But we may not always receive or walk in it if we if we if we take ourselves out of the out of being aligned with him, right? Lamentations chapter three. And in verse twenty one, yeah, verse twenty one. This is what I wanted to do. It says, This I recall to mind, and therefore I have hope. I love that because when you recall to mind the goodness of God, what should well up within you but the hope that he has given you? Right? This I recall to mind. Do you recall to mind the goodness of God? Because when you do so, you get hope. Hope fills you. It says, through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed. Remember, his covenant of love is his steadfast compassion. So through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. His compassions don't fail. He doesn't fail. They're new every morning. His compassion is his mercy. It's new every morning. And it says, great is your faithfulness. God's mercy is his compassion. Say it over yourselves right now. God's mercy is his compassion. And he has mercy over me. Which means he has compassion over you. 
The word of the Lord says, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You will mount up on wings like eagles, church. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. Is this not the truth? Isn't this, isn't this the word of the Lord in Isaiah 40 and 31? Isaiah 40, 31? Absolutely. Let's keep going in Lamentations chapter 3. We're in verse 24. It says, the Lord is my portion. The Lord. The Lord. Jehovah, the Lord Jehovah, he's your portion. He's the self-existent eternal one. He is your portion. Put your hand over your spirit, man, right now. Say, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Why? Because the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. It doesn't end. The Lord is your portion. The Lord is your portion. Hope in him. Amen. And then verse 25. <laughs> it says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him. For the soul who seeks him. That's why I love that we come time after time after time. And we seek him, right? And we seek him. Why? Because we love him so much. Because we love his ways. We love his presence. His word says, I love those who, who love me, who seek me. Those who seek me diligently will find me. You can turn to Proverbs 8, 17. Because you'll see that scripture there. I love those who love me. Those who seek me diligently will find me. And so it's our job to seek the Lord diligently. It's our job to seek him in the sanctuary, in, to seek him within us. It's our job to seek him. It's our job to realize we're seeking him because we know he is good. We're seeking him because we know he is for us and not against us. We're seeking him because if there are any areas in our lives that need to be changed, adjusted, repented of, whatever it might be, we will do so because we love him, because we've already tasted and seen how good he is. See, the more that you taste how good God is, you see how good God is, the more that you just want your life to be so aligned with him, the more that you realize, gosh, Lord, I messed up there, but you know what? I don't want to keep messing up, and so I want my life to give you glory. So, Lord, search my heart and let me be one that totally every day gives you that glory, that praise, that because he, he has loved us. The Bible says that he loves us with an everlasting love. He's drawn us with his unfailing love, his, his unfailing kindness. He draws you. Me, Jeremiah 31.3, if you're taking notes and you want to write it down, Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Isn't that incredible? The king of kings and the Lord of lords says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. He does not end. He never, his love does not end. And then he says, I've drawn you. I've drawn you with unfailing kindness. His kindness is unfailing. We fail, but his kindness is unfailing. That's something you need to remember. The next time that you're in a, in a situation and you're feeling so bad, his kindness is literally unfailing. He will not stop. His kindness doesn't end towards you. It's towards us. It's incredible when we just, we realize, wow. So his mercy is his loving kindness. That's his mercy is his loving kindness. So when we seek him, he fills us with hope. 
and he fills us with many things. But he fills us with hope. I just read to you in Lamentations 3, 21 through 25. We just read it together. His mercy and his hope. His mercy and his loving kindness. They're interchangeable. They are interchangeable. So I'm going to read to you some scriptures quickly. If you're taking notes, you can write them down. But um, Psalms 34, 10 says, Those who seek the Lord shall lack no good thing. I love that scripture because he tells us, You just seek me and you will not lack anything good. If it's good, it's yours. Seek the Lord, right? If you seek, those who seek the Lord shall not lack anything good. And in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Right? Amen. So for those who come to God must believe that he is. I believe that God is who he says he is. I believe that he is, he is my king. I believe that he is greater in me. I believe that he is for me and not against me. I believe that he gives me wisdom when I need wisdom. I believe that he's the lifter of my head. Do you? Because you have to believe what his word says for you to receive it. But you know, the enemy wants you to be plagued with lies and say, well, I don't know if that's true for me it is sometimes or maybe she has more faith than I do listen the word doesn't return void this is what his word says he says without faith it's impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is do you believe that he is we just need to believe that he is who he says he is we need to believe that he says that he believe that he's already said in his word that he is he is the king of kings and the lord of lords right he's the beginning and he's the end and then the word goes on that says that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Diligently. Nancy, you were up here and you were diligently seeking the Lord. And God opened up your sight. And what you couldn't see, you said a silhouette is all you could see. You couldn't even see the color of her hair. You were like just scales, like a veil, limiting your ability to see clearly. But when we seek God, when we are tenacious because he's tenacious for us and over us, he's tenacious over you. You know that, right? He's tenacious for us. When we seek God, he says, literally, there's nothing that you're going to lack. Nothing at all. He is a rewarder. What is it that you need in your life? Like you know the things you need, right? Some of you, like you can list them probably. But he says, I am a rewarder to those who diligently seek me, saith the Lord. Right? And we diligently seek him. And so we're going to continue to diligently seek the Lord. So let's look, at, let's look at King David for a moment. Because King David knew of the mercies of God. He knew. I mean, he had many opportunities to experience the loving kindness of God, right? Second Samuel 24, 15, he said, I am in deep distress. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. Do not let me fall into the hands of, of man. He knew enough about the Lord that even when he messed up, he would rather fall into the hands of God than into the hands of men. We need to know that too. We need to know the great mercies of God. That when we mess up, stop trying to hide your sin from God. Fall into his hands instead. Because his mercies are great. So King David asked for mercy. So he did the right thing. He did the right thing. 
And so we know mercy is, you know, it's getting what we actually don't, you know, not, it's not getting what we actually deserve, right? We, we are not getting what we should have received. So because of David's sin, actually David deserved to die because of what he did. I mean, he took another man's wife, he got her pregnant, and then he had that husband killed, Right? which makes him a murderer and adulterer and, and all, and I, it makes him a, a lot of things, right? My goodness, these, were all, these acts were all punishable by death. You know, I mean, there's some serious things that he did. But yet he, he loved God. He's a man after God's own heart. God was merciful towards him, but he repented. He repented. He didn't try to hide his sin. See, that's the difference, church. When you try to hide your sin, where can you go from my presence? Where can we go from his presence? We can't. So David deserved to die, but he, he appealed to God, to his character, to his, and he asked for mercy. So although he didn't deserve mercy, he received it. We, when we don't deserve it, we still receive it, right? Yeah, so because none of us really deserve it, but he gives it, he receives it. And like I said, David was considered a man after God's own heart. And he understood the loving kindness, the everlasting love, the goodness, the favor, the mercy, the unchanging love of God. He understood it. He understood it. You know, sometimes when somebody comes to you and tells you something and, and points something out to you, and then all of a sudden you make them the culprit. Mm -mm. No. Actually, you should probably thank them. And I know that. Is there someone that you need to thank for helping you to stop going down that path of sin and destruction? Think about it. Is there someone that you need to thank for loving you enough to point that they pointed out the hidden things that would have shortchanged you from the mercy of God? Is there someone you need to thank? Maybe. Maybe the Bible says in, in Isaiah 119, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the goodness of the land. Let's say that again. Okay, Isaiah 119. If you are willing and you are obedient, you shall eat of the goodness of the land. But if you refuse and you rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Let me tell you, as I was preparing, the Lord told me very clearly, it's the mercy of God that I want you to talk about and preach on the mercy of God, but show their part so that they don't miss out. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. How many of you want to eat the good of the land? We all do. And the rest of that verse says, if you resist and you rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. It may be the next verse. Yeah, but if you refuse, if you resist and you rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Hey, that's a strong scripture, isn't it? Praise God for it. Praise God for it. You are not baby Christians that you just need to be spoon-fed. <laughs> right? Come on. I, I want things to be pointed out. Lord, show me because I don't want anything to limit. I don't want to limit myself. I don't want to hinder myself. 
You know, when we talk about the banqueting table of the Lord and how great it is, how grand, do you know that we just know a portion of that? Just that we, we know in part. But God has so much more for us. So, and corporately, God wants us to enter into this corporately, which is why I'm coming with this strong word because it's necessary. It's good. Say it's good. So the Lord longs to be gracious to his children. And he gives us what we don't deserve. That is true because of his tender mercies. But we don't want to presume on the goodness of God. We want to walk uprightly, right? We don't want to presume. We want to do our part. We want to do our part correctly and give him the praise and the glory. We want to give him our heart. He asks you for your heart. And he wants that heart to be clean and pure.